Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of the Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hiya! <laughs> 300. I know, the theme, right? The theme of the of today is 300. So where does hiya and where does samurai entrepreneurship come in? I figured that since we have turned the 300th episode of Startup Hustle, that we needed, we are now rich and steeped with tradition and history and we have a, an entrepreneur code and i just felt like the way of the bushido was probably now officially upon us am i wrong well i've always considered myself a code ninja so this seemed really appropriate <laughs> there you go there you go now ninja and a samurai are different oh, I, i'm not i'm not prepared to talk about those differences but you know i was uh i was on the intranets the other day because q time is due time right and i was doing some really important stuff and i had come across the uh the bushido code actually you know what it was is i was watching the the i was re-watching the showtime series billions for maybe the billionth time and they have a performance coach in there who's talking about the code of the bushido so okay. i looked it up I looked it up and I was like, oh, this might be an interesting episode and talking about. So, you know, that as far as samurais go, obviously, that's a, a history, uh, a historical warrior from Japan. And, you know, the word samurai originally meant one who serves and referred to men of noble birth assigned to guard members of the imperial court. So I'm not quite sure that. All of that is directly related to on entrepreneurship, but it is often the 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 term "one who serves" is is very is very applicable for an entrepreneur and for many people's businesses where they do serve. Now, the samurai had a service ethic, and it all revolved around nobility and both social and spiritual. So. You know, and and speaking of of social, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a development team quickly and affordably. So now here's the here's the part where you're going to have to decide your role for today's episode, Matt. The samurai were either virtuous or villainous. Hmm. Which which role do you play? Uh, I'm going to go virtuous. Okay. And you know, occasionally we do end up with villainous, with villainous entrepreneurs. Who's the guy that's in jail right now? The uh, the pharma bro. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he said if we let him out of prison, he's going to cure coronavirus. Was he the one that uh, upped the price of epipens? Because whoever that guy was, yeah, was rotten hell. Yeah, he he might have been that. He, he he was on the team, perhaps. But yeah, he uh, his company um, was buying up. Uh, pharmaceuticals that they were the only maker of, yeah, which would allow them to then raise the price fifty thousand percent or something like that. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go with the virtuous samurai as well. So I'm not sure who's going to be the villain then. But you know, the samurai emerged as 
as these colorful central figures of Japanese history. And, you know, there's been this, you know, kind of romantic archetype, you know, and, and comparing to Europe's medieval knights or the American cowboy. And, you know, really in the end, uh, Bushido uh, translates as the precepts of knighthood or the way of the warrior. And I think that is when we start getting in to entrepreneurship. And I think everyone's fighting a battle right now. I mean, that's pretty, pretty apparent. We are all at war with the invisible enemy. Yeah. And, you know, so there's, there's a few things as, a, as I read further into the Bushido code, and it was really talking about how chivalrous, chivalrous men should act in both their personal and their professional lives. And they did have an actual, uh, they did have actual virtues that they followed. And they, they all emphasized compassion, benevolence, and the other non-martial qualities of true manliness. So I think that's kind of interesting. Now, there weren't any female samurais, but there are certainly female entrepreneurs and we welcome them to the battlefield of entrepreneurship. So um, I'll tell you what, Matt, you have the same notes that I do. So why don't you lead off with the first of, of the Bushido's eight virtues and tell me how they apply to entrepreneurship? You just want me to say this word so you don't have to say it. What, what rectitude? Rectitude. Yeah. Rectitude or justice. So it says uh, one's power to decide upon a course of conduct in accordance with reason without wavering, wavering to die when the die is right, to strike when the strike is right. Sounds like any good leader. That's your take on it? Yeah, sounds like somebody who's the leader. <laughs> yeah, and I I mean I think that when it comes to that I think that you know the underlying message is is you know you talk about deciding that course of action and conduct. I think as the leader and the entrepreneur or the founder of your company, you have the ability to begin to shape the culture. You can also be the first person to destroy it whether it's intentional or not and you know, it's also talking about, you know, you know, you look at terms to die when to die is right. Yeah. And going down I mean, with it, the ship sometimes. Well, I think that on some levels too, I think that sometimes that's just, you know, you look at the little, it's not necessarily the whole ship going down. It's when to launch a torpedo or pull up and dock or put the sails up or put the sails down. And, you know, like, I mean, the, the term to die when to die is right. It has a lot of finality to it. And it says to strike when to strike is right. I mean, I think that's, that's that whole setting the pace and determining, you know, that course of action and what you're going to do on the battlefield. Well, and this is a, a key virtue for every entrepreneur right now in the middle of this pandemic, right? Is knowing when to fight, when to wait, you know, when to move forward, when to move back, you know, and, and everybody needs a leader. Everybody, every company is, has, is full of personal problems. Like every one of us knows, you know, your friend or family member has got laid off from the job or they've got coronavirus or so-and-so and my family died from it or, and we all go to work and we're all freaked out. And the best thing we need, we need a leader to help continue moving us forward. Right. I mean, we got all sorts of issues in our personal life. We need leaders at this time. Yeah, and I think that that's pretty that that's a pretty good number one. So number two on the code is courage. 
I mean, I think that any entrepreneur, any founder, anybody that has has jumped and then built wings is exhibiting courage. And, you know, that just literally we have this defined as courage is doing what is right. And, you know, and that's that's a during times of, of adversity. It the the ability to not do what's right has its strongest pull. I mean, would you agree? Like, I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard. So like use an example of business right now is down and should I lay everybody off? Should I keep everybody and pay them? Where's that money coming from? Is that money coming out of my pocket? You know, I mean, there's a lot of small business owners right now that are out of their pocket paying to pay their employees because it's the right thing to do to try and keep them employed versus laying them all off. Like, it's a tough, tough decisions right now. Yeah. And that requires a level of courage and leadership. And, you know, that's the thing too, that that's a challenge because like you mentioned, you know, some, some people are coming out of pocket and they're doing a lot of things. You know, I'm reading articles that some of the PPP loans are slow to get out and some of that stuff and you having to make decisions. And, you know, you said that courage, you know, it does take courage sometimes to do what's right. I mean, I think that I mentioned it, that, you know, right. So a few moments ago, the 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 draw to not do what's right is at its strongest pull during times of crisis. I mean, and that's often where people get get pulled off track. And, you know, that's you know, you look back at, you know, you look at today's topic of samurai entrepreneurship. You know, these these eight virtues of the samurai were what they lived by. So in the event that they didn't exhibit or display courage, that would have been something that they've may have fallen on the sword for after. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's it. So, all right, Matt, number three, benevolence or mercy. So love magnanimity. Why do you give me all the weird words? Affection for others, sympathy and pity. This was actually pre-planned. I was like, I've actually rearranged the entire Bushido code. <laughs> so you so you would have to say words like magnanimity. I can't even say that. We should thank the, the we should thank our, our producers for challenging us on that one. So all right. what's your take on this one? Benevolence or mercy? Hmm. Let's not define uh, benevolence for a minute. What, what does benevolence mean? Well, Matt, are you asking me? Are you going to make me have to Google it? Yeah, we're going to Google this. The quality of being, well-meaning kindness. So we have kindness and mercy. So that's a benevolent leader. Yeah. A kind leader. Kind and mercy. I think this is, I think this is empathy. You know, and and it, I think that that's when it comes to entrepreneurship, you know, the 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 term empathy, putting yourself in other people's shoes is very applicable. I think that, you know, when it comes to your employees, your clients, um, just really everyone in their family, you know, like recently being in, in at the full scale office in Cebu. I had to, you know, that was, that had a, a, you know, being there with our employees and making the decision to shut our office, which by the way, was early compared to the other lockdown orders that came around. 
but I had to put myself in, in their shoes. And I'm sitting here thinking, what do I want to come here every day with all these people working in close quarters indoors? There's no social distancing, anything like that. And like that had something to do with, with the decision. And then also, you know, there's, like you said, the term benevolent or kindness. I mean, I'm not, you don't want to, it's not very kind to put people in harm's way. Well, and nobody likes to work for or be led by somebody who's an asshole either. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. people like leaders that are kind and show mercy. And I mean, th- these are really good qualities of a leader or an entrepreneur that is managing people or managing a company. I mean, you have, was it Google forever that part of their you know code was like, do no evil, right? Like that that's the sort of thing that most people gravitate towards. Okay. Here's number four, my, 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 my strength, politeness. Politeness should be the expression of a benevolent regard for the feelings of others and its highest form politeness approaches love. I joked about that because I I'm known for having a rather direct approach. Um, it doesn't mean you can't be polite. I mean, I think you can still be direct and, and, I think you can still be critical and polite about it. I mean, the difference is like, I mean, when you talk about the leadership or the, you know, comparing this Bushido code to entrepreneurship, you can still train, you can still say no, you can still bring up critical points and stuff like that and do it with a level of politeness and regard for the feeling of others and still be effective. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, it's a delicate balance when you're the the boss, right? And do you kick somebody in the ass or do you pat them on the back and knowing when to do that, like when to pull, when to push is always hard. And again, it comes back to nobody likes working for somebody who's an asshole either. So, you know, being, being polite to people is not, you know, I'm a little more like you, I can be more direct. And so, but like my wife is like one of the most polite people you'll, you'll ever meet in the world. And it's just different DNA, different personality. But politeness is something that we all have to work towards. It's something I work with on my kids every day. They can be little jerks. Yeah, you know, I mentioned I kind of joked about this this number four on the list as we as we move down it. And you know, I mean, I, I, you're you're a lot like me. I mean, sometimes you know, it's like you you just hear a bunch of things. You sometimes just you know, I'm sorry, this is not a great idea. Or, or this business is going to struggle, or there's no way you're ever going to generate revenue doing that. And, you know, I mean, honestly, I think sometimes you go back to number three, benevolence and mercy. Um, You know, I mean, I've had people that have pitched ideas from me and they, you know, seem like they want to get some kind of buy off or buy in, um, you know, with the whole thing. And I'm probably doing them a favor by telling them not to chase it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes the best advice you can give someone is to firmly say, Hey, look, you're going to get killed doing this. Yep. And, and I mean, I've seen that a lot. I mean, have you, can, can you, can you recall a situation where, where you probably saved someone? I think so. And I've had people give me that feedback later, like, wow, you know, your insight into this was, you know, saved me a lot of time, saved me a lot of money and energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of goes to our, our next point on our list here. Honesty and sincerity. Yeah. It says true samurai disdained money, believing that men must grudge money 
For riches hinder wisdom, luxury was thought the greatest menace to manhood. Now, honesty and sincerity, I think, are important. I'm not sure that that uh, grudging money. Yeah, I think is... honest and sincer- honesty and sincerity are the key here, really. I don't know about the rest of this description. Yeah, I mean, the honesty, I mean... You know, I think the honesty part is, I mean, obviously, man, just like run a clean business, you know, don't cheat people. Um, you know, we get back to the, you know, when you when you start to bundle a few of these together, when you take benevolence and mercy, pol- politeness and kindness, honesty and sincerity. I mean, these are all things that that I, I think have a lot to say, and we're going to get to to this term later on this list. But these are all the these are all the you know key components of character. And, you know, it's like, um, you know, when it comes to honesty, I, I, you know, I think people either, you mentioned a few minutes ago, like it's, it's in, it's a different kind of DNA. We were talking about personality types. Well, I think honesty is too. I think that, um, you know, like I, I just don't have the ability to steal. It's just not like, it just does. I'm not wired for it. I never have been. I wasn't, I wasn't that kid that was pocketing candy bars at the convenience store and shit like that. I just, it's just never really been, I've never been wired to do that. Well, and some people it's, it's again, and they're part of the personality. Like my third, my, uh, my 10 year old lies all the time and deflects blame all the time and drives me crazy. Like he can't just take ownership for stuff and be honest. And probably the best example of this that really hurts this particular person is actually probably president Trump. He forget everything else about him. He tells a lot of half truths and half lies, and he's not completely honest all the time. And he doesn't come across as sincere, sincere. And I think that's one of his biggest character flaws as a person that really hurts him. People don't trust him. They don't think he's being honest. Yeah. And you know, one of the things is, you know, here we are at episode 300 of, of the podcast, and I've had the pleasure of of getting to know many of our guests and listeners and, and receive the feedback. And thank you once again for everyone that's that's stuck around for this long and this many episodes. But, you know, I think that probably the one form of feedback that I've got from the show is people as as the is the honesty and sincerity, you know, because ever since the very first episode of Startup Hustle, I'd say, I mean, I remember it's almost like it was yesterday and it's crazy to think it was over 300 episodes ago when we were sitting in, in the office and talking about doing a podcast and we're, well, what do we want to do? What, what would we do it about? And, you know, it's like, I mean, we literally said no one wants to hear that, hear this, hear the ongoing saga of two middle-aged white dudes from the suburbs that did really well. I mean, while that's part of the underlying storyline, the, you know, we wanted to be honest and sincere about what kind of shit people were likely to face and embrace as an entrepreneur. Yep, absolutely. And I think we've been pretty honest and sincere about it. I mean, maybe even over the top on some points, because, you know, it's like, I think episode two of Startup Hustles titled Getting Funded Sucks. Like that's about as honest and sincere as we can be people. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. And I think if we did, we might need to do episode 301 as getting funded still sucks. <laughs> Especially now. I know <laughs> yeah. several friends that, that thought they had uh, an investment round or whatever. And now it's kind of on hold, falling apart. Paper. 
vapor yeah kind of like kind of like all those bitcoins who tried to mine right yeah i hear that crash today too it did it yeah that's what i heard oh, great well i you know i think that the when it comes to honesty and sincerity i think the worst thing that you can do is like here's the thing is you you might be a brilliant person in nine out of 10 categories. But if you gain a reputation for not being honest, good luck. Yeah. I mean, just good luck. I mean, it's just really, I mean, it's like probably of all things, like you could, you can be an honest asshole and still pull some stuff off. Right. Like that, that could happen, but you could be, you could have every other item on this list. You could, you could, I mean, all of it. It, but if you are known for being dishonest, people aren't going to want to do business with you. They're not going to want to invest in you. They're not going to work for you. They're not going to want to be partners with you. They're not going to want to meet with you. They're not going to want to do anything with you. If you can't trust somebody, and and I hate to talk about politics, but I feel like this is Trump's biggest problem is nobody thinks he's being honest at any given time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not, I, and by the way, this is certainly not apologism, but I mean, I think politi- politicians in general get yeah. that whole rap and, you know, let's set that, that sincerity and honesty thing. And it's like, look at anyone that you can imagine in this category or, you know, in any category. And, and if you have learned to not trust what they say, you can't shed that. It's just shit. You can't forget. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, from an honesty and sincerity standpoint too, it's like, I mean, that's, you know, I, and, I, and I've been falling back on, you know, some of the experiences that I recently had when I was at the full scale office. But, you know, I sat there and sincerely told our staff, I said, I, I can't leave right now. I rescheduled a trip and stayed for five extra days, almost got stuck there. And the level of sincerity, like the feedback that I got from that was high. And, you know, and that and that was and that kind of moves us on to, to number six is is honor. A, a vivid consciousness of personal dignity and worth. True patience means bearing the unbearable. And I mean, that's, you know, like if, if I wouldn't have, been, I would not, not have left Cebu with my honor intact. If I had, if, if I had left the troops on the battlefield right before the war began. Yep. And, you know, when it comes to honor, it's, um, uh, um, you know, the, so th- these, the samurai warriors and many, many people of that region at the time, and honestly, still today, you hear the term falling on the sword. Um, I mean, this, this part of honor carried over, uh, still into present day Japan. And I, you know, I was even just watching, a um, I watched a series about World War II, and it was talking about the Japanese. And there was uh, several of their leaders. So the 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 samurai's main job was to protect the royal family. And even as World War II came around, there was we had dropped a lot of bombs on Japan, and some of them fell near the royal palace. And they said in this documentary that had a bomb actually. Uh, killed the emperor it's likely that most of the most of the leadership of the military would have killed themselves wow isn't that crazy yeah wow like it's an accidental bomb just happen if it happened to fall like they said the likelihood would have been because every single one of them they they were raised in such a level with that that feeling of honor 
and it would have just they would have it would have been such a disgrace. And then there were several incidents where they had admirals or different people. There was one admiral that lost two aircraft carriers in a day, which was half of the ones they had. Wow. And and that dude, he killed himself. Like that he just couldn't live what he couldn't live without the lack of honor. But you know, the honor is one of the things that you can't have. You don't even have a shot at unless you have these other items that we hit on the list. You know, you, you lack of courage, lack of mercy. Um, you know, all this stuff is you can't necessarily be honorable without them. I mean, would you do you agree or disagree with that? I totally agree. And, you know, I had to take the sword for something today. Like I had made some mistakes with some stuff and told the team, like, look, I'm going to fix it. This is it's all me. Yeah. You know, I could have just as easily picked somebody on my team and said, look, you got to go fix the shit I screwed up. But I said, you know what? I'm going to fix this. I messed it up. It's all me. I've got a list of stuff to send over to you later then. <laughs> <laughs> if you're feeling honorable today, man. I'm yeah. All right. You, why don't you take the next one? You got a honeydew list for me? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> got one of my own. All right. Loyalty. So true men or women, remain loyal to those to him, to whom they are indebted. Loyalty to a superior was the most distinctive virtue of the feudal era. Only in the code of chivalrous honor does loyalty assume paramount importance. I think loyalty is really key to any company and team. Having loyalty amongst your employees, getting their loyalty... Um, especially in a trying time like this, right? Like you, you need your employees to be loyal to you to, to, you know, work together to survive this mess. And and loyalty is a really key, uh, key component of the leaders, but also the the people around them. I think loyalty is important. I also think it can be tricky because, you know, there's, uh, I've, I've embraced this concept of extreme ownership over the last several months. And, you know, there's, you know, extreme ownership is the, it means taking ownership and control of all things that affect your mission, basically. And loyalty, loyalty is, is key, but at the same time, sometimes being loyal to those that are loyal to you means not being loyal to other things. Um, and you know, there are decisions you have to make now, if you're, if your staff, your investors, everyone else, if they don't feel like there's a sense of loyalty, it is almost impossible for that to become reciprocal back to you. And, you know, people, we, as people, we have a built-in bullshit meter and have the ability to truly, um, you know, detect when, you know, people are full of crap. And so if some of those things, you know, we've mentioned like all these, all these eight, eight, uh, virtues of the samurai kind of tie in together here. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, you talk about chivalrous honor and loyalty, I mean, look, being loyal to your leader. Well, so, you know, here's the thing. If I have someone, all right, well, let's look at, let's look at Daryl, our C, our COO at full scale. Daryl has worked with me for eight of the last 11 years. He has worked with me for three different businesses and a huge amount of time. And if Daryl has a bad week or something going on, I get it. 
I got a lot of loyalty there. There's been a lot of time that's come in, a lot of stuff that's gone on over the years. He's put up with my shit at times, I'm sure, blah, blah, blah. There's a different level of loyalty that I'll have there than I would to someone that's worked for me for 11 days. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's why I said it can be tricky. And then also, you know, I mean, I think the bigger your company like gets the the like, I mean, just mathematically, you're you're going to have some people that I don't know. I, I'm usually loyal to those that I feel are loyal to me. I'm and I don't know if it's necessarily about loyalty. It's more about caring. And I've always said that when you hire someone or you have people on a team or at your employee, you can't you can't train them to care. So caring is a level of loyalty as well that I think is important. And I think that's part of that reciprocal relationship that can exist between founders and leaders and the people that they lead or the people that, that, you know, they serve. Yeah. These are, a lot of these are big personality traits that do you think people can learn over time or are they just kind of born this way? I think it's taught. I mean, I think that, you know, I look at you look at so much of the things it's like you mentioned trying to, you know, teach one of your kids certain things. I mean, whether he has that right at 10 years old or not, I mean, I think those are the things that are kind of burnt into our programming as we grow up. What do you think? I think I'm going to print this list out and put it on his door to his bedroom. You're going to train your children in the in the virtues of the samurai? I think so. I mean. I mean, I got to be honest with you. This is, I mean, this is, and neither one of us are like super religious people. I mean, this is just the samurai's version of the 10 commandments in many ways. I mean, it's, uh, that's the one, the one part of religion that I'm not too opposed to. No, this Um, this is way better. There's only eight of them. Yeah, exactly. They streamlined. So, you know, all, all seven of these and, you know, and we, you know, we've been discussing the Bushido code and the eight virtues of the samurai and how they, how they uh, um, apply to entrepreneurship, and you know, really, and in, in number eight is is got two things here: it's character and self control. And you know, the difference between good and good and bad, and in between right and wrong, or givens, uh, not arguments subject to discussion or justification. And a man should know the difference. So, um, choosing compassion over confrontation and benevolence over belligerence. The Bushido code demonstrates the ageless qualities, you know, so uh, of the warrior and, you know, these, these things, I think that character, I mean, you hear this term a lot. um, And this is, you know, this is the all in, I think the all encompassing virtue that you can't have number eight without the seven first seven present. Right. Yep. I mean, what's your, what, when you hear the term character, I mean, like, what do you, cause it can go two different ways. You go, Oh, that guy's a character or that person or this, this, she's got a lot of character. Yeah. I think, when and, I, and those are two, those are two different contexts. Yeah. I think of the, a lot of things we've already talked about, right. Specifically, probably more kindness, politeness, honesty, honor, like some of those things. I think it's may has a lot of character. Um, those are the, those are the adjectives I think of. A lot of which of so you know a character is is you know when and i used it in two different contexts i mean if someone's like oh that person's a character that's not necessarily a bad thing i mean that's you know i mean i've had that said about me it just means that you have some personality that's usually it, how not, people describe you matt you're a character as, hey but i have character as well 
And, you know, I think that that's, and you know, you talk about like, are you born this way or whatever? I mean, honestly, man, that's, that's kind of the way my parents raised me. And, you know, like that's where that, you know, a lot of the things that, that came up and some of them were a challenge, but, um, you know, self-control, um, you know, there's a, you know, in my, in my buddies, my buddies in Humphreys McGee have a line in the song that said, I bought and sold my self-control for less than it was worth. Or maybe that was a fish song. I don't know. But anyway, there was, you know, that, that self-control is something that we all struggle with. Um, like I, I mentioned on Facebook yesterday that given the candy that Amazon has delivered and the sophistication of my home gym, I'm well on pace to be Kansas's fattest strong guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching, I'm approaching the strength and size of a, of a small offensive lineman right now. Self, so self-control is tough. I mean, for the, for the reasons you mentioned, right? Like my wife is pregnant and she loves ice cream right now. So we're eating a lot of ice cream around here. Then you talk about self-control when it comes to work, you know, there's like, I know my time is best spent doing X, Y, Z, but yet I still spend my time doing these other things or bad habits. And, you know, I, I need to drink less coffee, but I'm ready for like cup number four today already. And, you know, self-control is, is tough. It's a tough Yeah. One. And that's, and that's the, and that's the, that's the underlying component of character that, you know, it, it character takes a lot of strength and self-control. Um, I, I've always defined self-control as, as and discipline as, uh, not doing the things you most want to do at the times you least want to do them. Like, you know, wanting or, to strangle my kid, but instead I stop and I think about it for a second and I figure out something else to do besides strangle him. Yeah, totally. That's exactly the context. <laughs> that, yeah. No, in, in, in terms of entrepreneurship, I mean, self-control can, can, uh, I think it can come to everything from buying decisions to firing decisions, to hiring decisions, to, I mean, really all of it. I mean, the kind of deals, partnerships, the promises, you know, that everyone knows someone that's been a little loose in the lips with promises and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I always tell people, I mean, I try to never make a promise. I mean, the only promise I'm, I'm willing to make is the promise that things will change <laughs> regardless of how that occurs. Okay, so let's do a little review here. So we had we had the eight virtues of the samurai, which, which led us, which are rectitude and justice, courage, benevolence and mercy, politeness, honesty and sincerity, honor, loyalty, and character and self-control. Which which one of these is your strength? If you get to pick one, let's each pick one that's our best and our worst. My strength? Hmm. Wow. Um, I'm going to go with courage. Okay. I would say, and this is, you, you kind of, you kind of stalled there because it is kind of tough. Um, I think honesty and sincerity. Okay. I mean, I, if I had to pick one that just kind of stands out, I, I, if now here's the thing I struggled with, cause I'd like to say character, but self-control isn't always my, isn't always my strength. So if that's tied to character, then it's going to fall into second place. Um, I do pride myself on honesty and sincerity. Um, even if it, even if it prohibits me from getting what I might want. 
Um, you know, and I say that because like I talk to clients all the time and I talk to them about full scale and the services we provide. And, and I try to be very upfront. I say, look, I'm going to give you not, I'm non-self-serving advice because at the moment that I stray off that path and I'm just trying to get buyers in, but we can't do what they need to get done. Well, that ain't going to, that ain't going to last too long. All right. So do you want me to, what's my worst politeness? I mean, I've gotten a lot better at it over the years. Um, And it's not that um, I'm impolite. I'm not an asshole, but I'm just direct. So for certain personality types, it's it's sometimes taken as not being polite. Um, I'm not a huge fan of small talk. Uh, You know, uh, hey, uh, when did you learn to tie your shoes, Matt? You know, like just I didn't. I mean, I think my my type A, highly driven personality style, I feel like I'm sometimes being efficient and sometimes that can lead to a feeling of non-politeness. What about you? Um, the two that I'm, I'm thinking about are I'm probably worst at have to be either rectitude or self-control. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the that's the that's the problem with character, and if character and self control are tied to each other, then yeah, that that. But you have a strong character, though, right? Yeah, I think self control is something I can continue to improve, and and part of that's with the rectitude of being a leader, making decisions. Um, I think there's always room for improvement there for me. Yeah, I think that if it comes to being a leader and making decisions, that that hasn't been I haven't struggled with that. Um, um, sometimes the justice of things, I can be kind of competitive sometimes. Um, so so maybe yeah. It, so out of out of these eight, which one would you like to? Which one do you think that you have the greatest ability to improve at? Hmm. Um, maybe kindness. Let's go with the benevolence. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like the, the biggest room for improvement, like doesn't mean you're terrible at it, but God, we just made ourselves think about that. I just like said that out loud. I, I have to improve my benevolence and mercy. <laughs> like, did we both, did that make, did we both, do we just ship villainous? Yeah. Are we, are we both agreed we're assholes. Is that what we just did? Wait, we have to back up to we are no longer the virtuous samurai, but now All the right. villainous samurai. Character well, out. Yeah, no, out. I I you know, honestly, I think that uh you know, character something that I I I don't think I could operate outside of, of a high character uh value set. Um that's really important to me. In business and not have strong yeah. character. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I and I, and like I said, I think that the moment that you know, if, much like the honesty factor, if you if you become known as a low character individual, then you just, dude, you're just not gonna you're not gonna get anything done. I mean, I, I I put a lot of value, you know, the honor part here, and the reason that the honor was so it was important to them, it's because you know that's that honor is ownership in in many ways, mm-hmm. and it does you know. Now I don't agree with the whole concept of like trying to like kill yourself because things didn't go your way, but I definitely think that 
that, you know, if I had to, you know, change it, well, let's do one more here. If you had to change one of these into a different term that was more applicable for entrepreneurs, what would you do? Change one of them? And what term would I make Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um... I'm going to change courage to innovation. Yeah, I was thinking about the the one that that sticks out to me is um, risk, taking risk. And so maybe that under courage as well. Yeah, that's kind of thinking maybe changing courage to be more about risk. Okay. All right. Well, I, we clearly have a lot of training that we need to do. Um, I mean, you're, you're already master Watson. So does that, hopefully that doesn't make me have to be your pupil. Um, you're, you're not going to like make, you're not going to make me cook rice for like 10 years or anything like that. Just to show that I have the, the self-control to, to do the same before I get my first lesson. I, I'm also picturing karate kid. <laughs> I'm not, dude, I'm not, I'm not waxing your car, dude. And I'm not, painting, I'm not painting your fence and I'm not sanding your deck. I already, I already fixed your pool robot once. You did. Um, yeah. Is that thing still running? Uh, we're going to open the pool up in about a week or so. So we'll see. <laughs> and by the way, I always love to share fun stories about Matt. So I went over to Matt's house one night and we were, we were working on some business planning stuff and maybe drinking wine from the, from the wine room. I can't remember, but I looked out and, and at, in, Matt has a swimming pool and there was a fucking aluminum can floating on the top and there were like leaves on the bottom of it. And I went out and the pool robot was just like, there was like this little robot that looks super high tech that was supposed to be driving around and cleaning and it was just like pointed in the corner doing nothing. Or was it and floating? Was that the time it was, it was floating? It, maybe it was. Like it was one of the I think two, it was floating it, in the middle of the pool upside down like it, it was dead. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it just it just looked it, – it wasn't a good look for the pool. And, and you know, so anyway, um, it, it, because I have loyalty and character – and and I, I used my greatest sense of honesty and sincerity to say, Watson, what the fuck is up with your pool cleaning robot? And I showed benevolence and mercy and took the courage to stick my arm in that dirty cesspool looking thing back there. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I decided that it was not the time I, I used rectitude and decided that it was not the time for the pool robot to die and the time to strike was now. And we cleaned that thing. We, we got the net and we pulled the tin can out. I feel like there was something else on the bottom of the pool that like was getting in the way, but yeah, we had enough, uh, we had enough loyalty to the robot and, you know, showed it honor for the work that it had done in the past and got that thing running again. So anyway, I'm looking forward to getting back in that pool soon. For those of you that have been around for 300, thank you so much. We have some new, fresh stuff coming. As you see today, we talked about some different stuff. We're going to not just make the coming episodes about calamity and chaos we're going to try to have some fun and do some neat stuff coming up so stick around for 300 more see you next time thanks 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Come on.